Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Championing the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Carry on my son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Well, good evening, fellow Neanderthals, and happy Pride Month. <laughs> Welcome to the John Whitmer Show, sponsored by Wink Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. We are proud to have you with us here this evening at your local liberal resistance headquarters, where we proudly champion, oh, I use pride twice in that line, the core conservative principles of limited government, individual liberty, free enterprise, and traditional values. We are thrilled to have you with us this evening. If you'd like to call in, our studio lines are open. You can reach us at 316-869-1330 by email at john at knssradio.com, on Facebook and Truth Social at The John Whitmer Show, and on Twitter at John R. Whitmer. Reach out. We'd uh, love to hear from you. Uh, if you if you want to share your pride moments, you can uh, you can make sure to tweet them out to us. We've got a a great show planned for you tonight. Senator Roger Marshall will be with us to kick off the eight o'clock hour to discuss his plan to secure our schools. We'll talk the Biden border crisis, inflation, and uh, and and more. We've got a whole lot planned with uh, with Dr. Marshall. Looking forward. It's been a while since we've had him on the show. Now that the election filing deadlines have passed, State Representative Blake Carpenter will join us in studio to talk election integrity and preview the fall primary and general elections statewide and the uh, House races. We'll talk about all the different elections coming up. Austin Ruse, president of the Center for Family and Human Rights, will be with us to explain the consequences of the World Health Organization's new official guidelines that declare abortion as a worldwide human right. Um, I, I don't know if you knew that they did that, but the World Health Organization has now declared abortions a human right. And uh, it's got implications that could uh, could affect you. With uh, national gas prices hitting an all-time high, of, in some cases over $5 a gallon, uh, energy expert James Coleman is going to tell us what, if anything, the Biden administration can do about it. And, of course, we'll be taking your calls at 316-869-1330. So uh, looking for, in fact, the phones are already re I see Dave's already trying to take calls. So uh, it's good. We, we, we like that. Um, I don't know if you saw this. A few weeks ago, I started noticing that the left was ramping up their grooming efforts in the form of what they call family-friendly drag shows. 
open to audiences of all ages uh, across the country. I don't know if you've seen the news coverage on this. Mainstream media has not covered it. But there have been some outlets, particularly on social media, that have shared these stories. And, of of course, I think sane people know that the words family-friendly and drag do not go together, or or shouldn't go together, rather. Um, And I I don't know if you've seen the stories coming out of some of America's schools, but it, it is disturbing because that's where the large chunk of these Drag queen shows are being held. Woke school districts across the country, either as part of their June Pride Month celebrations or as part of their regular curriculum, have been fully embracing the radical LGBTQ agenda as part of their lesson plans. In particular, multiple districts have either outright hosted or condoned LGBT drag queen events for their students. Some of these events have actually been held on school grounds. And, I mean, there's no other way to look at this. They're targeting our kids. For example, on Wednesday, a San Francisco middle school brought a drag queen named Nicole Jizz to perform on campus for students. Uh, Now, granted, it's San Francisco, But were the parents informed that Nicole Jizz would be dancing in drag for their middle schooler kids? Were they given the opportunity to opt out? You know, I know if I were a parent of a middle schooler, I probably wouldn't want a drag queen named Nicole Jizz twerking in front of my middle schooler. And what exactly is the school's justification for this? How does a drag queen show by Nicole Jizz improve the middle schoolers' reading, writing, and math skills. Meanwhile, across town in Woodland, California, an LGBTQ youth group was holding a drag show happy hour for all ages at a gay bar where they encouraged kids to, quote, bring money to tip the drag queens, unquote. In Jasper, Indiana, a pride event with a drag queen performance is currently being advertised for all ages, And they are encouraging kids to bring cash to tip the drag queens. (laughs) I'm just reading this straight from their promotional materials. In Weld County, Colorado, an elementary school is promoting the county's first annual pride celebration where they will have, quote, a drag queen story time, a beer tent, and kids activities. An Illinois middle school treated students to an on-campus drag show during school in early May. One of the employees, one of the performers is an employee of the district. A public library in Massachusetts recently held a pride prom for middle high schoolers, which featured, you got it, a drag show. A drag queen who identifies as a Satanist pornographer is headlining an event for kids in Minnesota, paid for by tax dollars, by the way. A children's theater in Seattle is offering a master class for teens called, quote, The Art of Drag, which will teach kids to create a drag persona. In Kenosha, Wisconsin, the Kenosha Gay Pride posted on their Facebook page a message specifically asking for underage drag queens, quote, 
are you under the age of 18? At Kenosha Pride is looking specifically for minors to dress up in drag and perform on stage with drag queens, unquote. The Philadelphia School District is holding an event for middle and high schoolers, which will feature a drag show performance and, quote, tons of queer summer activities. A middle school in New York recently brought in a drag performer to teach kids how to apply drag makeup. Don't tell your parents. It'll be our little secret, unquote. Various drag events for kids are being advertised across the country. In Mawa, New Jersey, a drag queen story time, Apex, North Carolina, drag queen story hour and drag show, Manchester, Vermont, drag queen bingo, and in Denver, a drag queen talent show. And the bulk of these events are being paid for with taxpayer dollars and sponsored by the local schools. A publicly funded library in Ithaca, New York, is starting a drag camp for kids as young as 11, where they will teach kids how to, quote, create a drag persona. And a library in Massachusetts is having drag queen story time for kids with a drag queen who posted a message on Facebook telling kids he will be their parent if their parents aren't, quote, accepting enough. This is grooming, folks. There's no other way to view this. At the Lake County Pride Fest in Waukegan, they're having drag queen story time and a drag kids dress up and fashion show. And this event is being sponsored in part by the Department of Child and Family Services, the folks that are supposed to be watching out for our children. We are truly living in the most insane times. Promoters of these events say it's innocent. They say it's about inclusion and acceptance. They say no one is trying to sexualize or confuse the kids. If that were true, why were many of these events excluding the parents? And maybe that is what they're about. Maybe it is all about inclusion and acceptance. But is it necessary? Is it necessary to target middle schoolers and elementary schoolers? The Twitter feed libs of TikTok documented about 40 examples of these quote-unquote family-friendly drag shows hosted in schools, libraries, gay bars, and other venues across the country over the last two weeks alone. While most of the drag queens in the threads were adults performing for audiences that included children, there were a few drag queen kids as well. You heard that right. In some of the clips they shared, children were dressed in drag and performing for cash tips from adults. A Texas state legislator has now introduced a bill which would ban drag shows in front of minors. And Governor Ron DeSantis in Florida has expressed interest in cracking down on drag for kids as well. Folks, when we walk away from American traditions, including faith, the common threads of our society begin to fray. When we discard traditional values, this is what happens. And this may be all about inclusion, and it may be all about trying to enlighten folks. But the problem is that when parents expose their children to this, those children influence other children and normalize this behavior. Kids deserve the gift of childhood innocence. And I cannot understand how any parent would expose their children to this on purpose. How sad a commentary on our culture 
that we are at a point in society where family friendly and drag are used in the same sentence. To be clear, there is no such thing as a family friendly drag show. We'll be taking your calls at 745. In the meantime, coming up after the break, energy expert James Coleman will be with us to talk about what the Biden administration can and should be doing about the rising price of gasoline. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Have your AC and furnace systems checked to be sure they're working properly, but you don't want to pay for an expensive service call. Well, as a new Faunastock customer, you can have a trained HVAC tech come to a system diagnostic, suggest ways to improve your efficiency, and provide a free estimate on any needed repairs. All for just $19.46, the year Faunastock started. It's the new customer $19.46 special, only from Faunastock. License number 1747S. Kansas. A night to remember. Kansas, live. With the music that helped make rock classic. Saturday, July 9th, First Council Casino. On sale Friday, April 22nd, 10 a.m. at the Casino Box Office or 7plans.com. This is Jim. He decided to run for political office. You know, that ought to be a law. So he printed a few posters and told all of his friends, all 70 of them. Vote for me, Jim. Come election day, Jim got, well, 70 votes. Get your word, beliefs, and thoughts out to your community by using the power of radio. And turn voters into friends. Thank you. Thank you all. Call Lisa Kreider at 316-425-0524 to learn more about how Odyssey can help your political goals. This Father's Day, find the perfect gift for the dad who loves the perfect yard. From steel chainsaws and blowers to trimmers and edgers, our gas-powered equipment starts at just $149.99. Whether dad wants a hard-working tool for a project or a yard he can show off, find the gift he'll love to use. Visit our Father's Day gift guide at steelusa.com slash gift guide. All prices MSRP. Available at participating dealers. Just three words tell you everything you need to know. They tell you why we employ more than 2,000 workers at our factory in Virginia Beach and why over 10,000 local steel dealers are putting battery power in the hands of Americans. Just three words. Made in America. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. The majority of steel products sold in America are made in America of U.S. and foreign materials. Batteries and chargers are sourced internationally. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. 
This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. I've traveled every road in this here land. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bear, man. I breathe the mountain air, man. I've traveled, I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk, sponsored by Wake Hartman and the Hartman Group of Companies. Don't forget, if you ever miss an episode, you can always visit knssradio.com. You'll find a link to podcasts of all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and share the John Whitmer Show on Facebook and follow me on Twitter and True Social at John R. Whitmer. Those are the best ways to stay informed on all the latest show updates. Little Johnny Cash, I've been everywhere. Of course, not, not today with the price of gas the way it is. With national gas prices hitting an all-time high of $4.92 per gallon. And I, I don't know, I didn't check it today, so that, that's probably not even accurate anymore. The, uh, the price per gallon has spiked $0.33 cents over the past two weeks alone. And it's likely to get even worse, with gas expected to reach as high as $6 a gallon over the course of the summer. And the Biden administration remains absolutely clueless on how to lower energy prices. Joining us now to shed some light on the current energy crisis is energy expert James Coleman. Mr. Coleman is a professor of law at the Southern Methodist University Dedman School of Law and a publisher of the Energy Law Professor blog, James, thank you for joining us this evening. It's nice to have you on the show, my friend. It's great to talk with you. So, you know, I, I think my wife and I actually went the other day. We filled our tank, and we decided, no, we're going to do half a tank because it was already getting upwards of 50 bucks. Um, let, let me ask you this, you know, because Joe Biden is blaming everything from Vladimir Putin to little green men on Mars what do you believe is the real reason that, that gasoline prices are so high right now? Because it just seems to me like he's blaming everything except his own policies. Well, oil prices always just depend on how much oil we're producing and how much we're consuming. And because oil is our most useful source of energy, because you can, uh, it's very energy dense, which means you can fit in a small space, which means you can carry it with you to drive your car or take an airplane or anything like that. Uh, it's very valuable, and as the world grows, we use more. But the problem is that after the pandemic, we stopped producing so much and that oil production hasn't recovered. And, you know, that, there's a lot of reasons for that. Uh, but one reason is that in the United States, we haven't been supportive of increased oil production. And that's really important because the United States is the world's biggest oil producer by far. And, you know, we've seen a number of moves from the Biden administration to try and slow down oil production, everything uh, from canceling leases to canceling pipelines to uh, pausing new infrastructure and, and frankly, just, you know, trying to discourage investment in new oil and gas production. And uh, that, uh, you know, I think we would have seen higher prices even without some of those steps, but they're certainly making things worse. And the unfortunate thing is, it doesn't look like they have yet thought better of that. I, sometimes the administration says, oh, well, now we want you to invest in more oil and gas production. But, you know, the next day they'll take another policy action that tries to slow up uh, the oil and gas industry. So I'm not 100 percent sure if they know what they want. But so far, their actions are just raising 
uh, oil prices. You're right. It does seem like they're talking out of both sides of their of their mouths on that, because at one point they say we want to do everything we can, and then the next they tend to demonize. And, and President Biden has attempted to seek out solutions to the problem. What do you think he could do to improve the situation? Because it, it's, it's certainly not getting any better. I mean, there are already 10 states plus Washington, D.C., where the average price is already at $5 or more. Several more states are within a penny of $5 a gallon. Uh, I mean, I just think he's got to do something. What, what do you think he could do? Well, what he needs to do is start leasing uh, again. So one thing that he has mostly stopped is when he first came in, he initially paused all new leasing for 60 days as well as new permits. Um, He needs to continue speed up granting permitting and speed up granting leasing. And, you know, one thing that they've said is, well, you know, that's not going to have an immediate impact on oil prices. And I think there's two things to say about that. Well, one is, yes, they've gotten us into a very bad situation, and it's going to take a while to dig out of it. But, you know, this, it's not when you're in a hole, you shouldn't say, well, even if I stop digging now, it's still going to take a while to climb out. <laughs> I mean, the point is you need to stop digging yeah. immediately. And so and that should have been done before. And if it wasn't done out, then it should be done. Uh, it should be done now. Um, I mean, that's the most important step they can take because we're the biggest oil producer. I mean, they've been trying a number of other things that really don't necessarily help. So one thing that they did was release oil from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. The problem with that is that oil is stored in a lot of places, not just the Strategic Petroleum Reserve. And when you know, companies around the world see the Strategic Petroleum Reserve being emptied, they get very concerned about shortages in the future because that means we don't have a cushion to deal with any further shortages and we think more are coming. And so they start filling up their own stores since they know that the government no longer has the ability to uh, protect the global economy. So it basically, it ends up being a wash. You don't really get much impact of that, and they really haven't had much impact from that. Um, the, you know, the other things um, that they've tried, I mean, you know, they're now like asking, uh, you know, Iran and Venezuela to produce more oil. I mean, that's both absurd because the, those are very minor oil producers compared to the United States. So I don't know why we would you know, hold back our own production and encourage them to produce. But also, it doesn't really work very well for a couple of reasons. One is, you know, Venezuela's oil, there's a, it's been a humanitarian disaster for years, and their oil industry is incredibly damaged. It would take, you know, years and years for it to uh, improve enough to make this work. To make this work, and then you know the second thing is if you're talking about um, Iran, our efforts to you know improve our relationships with Iran are worsening them with Saudi Arabia, which is um, you know another um, another source that we need to hope will produce more oil for us. We're talking with energy expert James Coleman. Um, James, you know one of the other things I think we're dealing with is oil production in the U.S. is lagging behind pre-pandemic levels. U.S. refinery capacity is failing today. We're about a million fewer. We're producing a million fewer barrels of oil a day uh, that are that are available to be processed into gasoline, diesel, jet fuel and other petroleum based products. Uh, I mean, why, why are we just ramping up production, if nothing else? I mean, it seems like there's some basic, simple steps. You know, Joe Biden is focused on green energy, and he just used the Defense Production Act to uh, ramp up solar panels. Why doesn't he do the same to ramp up oil production? Well, you know, he should. One problem here is, of course, it takes private investment to fund 
to use oil and gas production. And private investors are understandably wary of this administration. I mean, I think it's yeah. important to remember that during the campaign, uh, President Biden said far more hostile things than we've ever heard from an American president about the American oil and gas industry. I mean, at, you know, at some point, I mean, sometimes it's not clear if he understands quite what he's saying, but at some point he said he was planning to end the fossil fuel industry or end fracking. And I think that investors looking at that, they're wondering, well, if I make an investment now, how is it going to work out over the next five 10, 15 years. And so they're not just concerned about what's the policy tomorrow. They're concerned about, well, has President Biden really had a change of heart and he is now going to support domestic energy for our American energy security. And so it takes more than just one press conference where you say, okay, now, never mind, I want you to produce more oil and gas. You would need to indicate that you had a genuine change of heart that was going to last through several investment cycles for these investors to get their money back. And so I think that, you know, really, um, it's not just the immediate policy, but it's also showing a commitment to stable and rational energy policy to promote more domestic supply. Well, and so many on the left, Joe Biden included, uh, keep preaching this panacea, this miracle cure of the electric car, but we don't even have an electric power grid that can support charging them. So even if everybody did go out and had $65,000 that they could afford a brand new electric car, we can't charge the darn things. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you know, and I think one thing that people need to understand, I, I think electric vehicles are you know cool as well. And you, you, one of these electric Hummers that is twice as heavy as the regular one, and it goes zero to 60 in four seconds. That's cool. I admit it's cool, but it's not as practical in terms of being a secure source of transportation. Because, uh, you know, if you look at, you know, gasoline, even with the problems of pricing that we're having, it's always available, right? By contrast with electricity, when something goes bad and you really need your car, often that means the electricity is out. I mean, it's, electricity is fundamentally a less secure source of energy than oil because it's harder to transport and store. There's more outages. There's bigger swings in pricing. And so uh, you know, switching to electricity has some benefits in terms of urban air pollution, et cetera, uh, for cars. But in terms of our security, it's simply less secure. Well, you've got a great article that was just published on RealClearPolicy.com on this subject. We shared it on the John Whitmer Show Facebook page. But if folks are interested in reading some of your other uh, stuff, you've, it's at EnergyLawProf.com, correct? Yeah, that's right. Or you can see me at EnergyLawProf on Twitter. Uh, I appreciate you, James. Uh, thank you for joining us this evening. Carry on the fight, brother. Thank you. We'll be taking your calls at 745, but coming up after the break, State Representative Blake Carpenter will join us in studio. We'll talk election integrity and preview the fall primary and general elections. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's number one talk. Son, I think it's time we have the talk. Um, okay. When you love someone, you want to keep it safe. Use protection. What do you mean? Remember when I took the truck down to Continental Truck Accessories and they added the guarded spray-on bed liner, the bed cover, Nerf bars, and grill guard? Yeah. I did it so that, oh God, so that I wouldn't have a little baby truck, you know what I mean? Not really, Dad. Trucks come from factories. <sighs> Let's try this again. Continental Truck Accessories. Don't F it up. Let us truck it up. 
Weather brought to you by Rustyak Ford. The heat will back down just slightly for tonight. 76 degrees, a partly cloudy sky and south winds up around 25 and gusty. And they'll continue to usher in all that humidity. So that'll be around for Monday. Sunshine near 100. The heat index 105 to 110. I'm KNSS meteorologist Rodney Price. Kathleen Maloney, economists see no end to rising inflation. Compared to last year, groceries were up 12%, the highest spike since 1979. That restaurant bar tab is up 9%. Fuel oil, which we use to heat our homes and businesses, of course, that's doubled, the largest spike ever. Fox's Lucas Tomlinson. According to the Lundberg survey, the nationwide average price of a gallon of gas is $5.10 a gallon. More evidence against the former president is expected to be presented by the January 6th committee this week. Perhaps most powerful is the fact that while this attack was going on, he did nothing uh, to stop it, to tell people to leave uh, and to protect the vice president or members of Congress or our democracy itself. Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff on ABC's This Week. America is listening to Fox News. Live Sunday nights, this is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Want to remind you, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. You'll find podcast links to all our previous episodes there. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook and Truth Social pages. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. Our Laura Kelly theme song, as appropriate for a discussion of uh, upcoming Elections and election integrity, the filing deadline to run for state legislature and all statewide offices, for that matter, ended Friday at noon. To the surprise of many election watchers, there were a number of incumbent legislators who, because they have no opponents, were effectively reelected last Friday. Joining us now to walk us through some of the statewide filings is Representative Blake Carpenter, from House District 81, former chair of the House Elections Committee. Blake, uh, thank you for joining us this evening, and congratulations. You're one of those lucky guys that, that didn't draw an opponent, so you just got reelected. Well, thank you for having me on, John. And, uh, yeah, I got to say, this is uh, the first time. Yep, yeah. Uh, and it's it's an interesting feeling. Um little usually, usually uh, going into election night, everyone's biting their nails. You just have no clue how it's going to turn out and if it's going to be good, bad, what the numbers are going to be. And then you find out, what, six, seven months prior to the November election that you won. It's, it's just it's interesting. Yeah, it'll, it might make uh, election watch parties a little less, a little anticlimactic for some. but Yes, but that's okay because we can be there to support our friends who right. kick the whatever out of a Democrat. That's true. And there's going to be some of that. Uh, let's look a little bit at the, at the, we'll start at the top. Um, and this is, I don't know if people are even aware, Jerry Moran has a, a primary, if you can call it a, a, call it a primary. And, and I, I think her name's Farr. Um, 
but this is an interesting one because she's she's registered as a Republican to run here in Kansas for U.S. Senate, but she's also simultaneously running for Senate in Oklahoma. Is that right? Uh, yes, that is correct. It's the first time I think that I've seen this uh, happen. I, I don't. Is that, it's legal, right? Yeah. So with the Senate, if you have residency, um, you're allowed to run in that state. So uh, Ms. Farr has residency in both states and has the ability to file in both states. If you're running for the U.S. Congress, as far as the House goes, uh, you actually don't even need to live in the district. And as a matter of fact, I've I've heard that there's a lot of uh, New York uh, Democrat reps that are in that situation right now because the lines kind of got moved on them. And they're like, oh, well, I'm still running for my old district, but, but I'm not live living there. in it. <laughs> <laughs> so apparently they're going to be moving into those districts, I guess, here before long. But it, it's it's just it's an interesting it's an interesting race. I just I've never heard of someone running. I guess it's a way to hedge your bets, you know. But what happens if she wins both? I mean, she's not going to beat Jerry Moran, but if she wins both, then then what do they do? Then they got a real pickle on their hands. I have no idea. I haven't I, even thought I, about I, that. It's, it, I mean, it's just so obscure. <laughs> the, the, it's just odd. Um, Ron Estes doesn't have a Republican. He has a Democrat, but it's an obscure. I mean, it's James it's, Thompson. It's a new. It's a no name. Kind of knew him. This guy, I mean, I, I didn't even know who this guy is, so I think Ron Estes is going to be safe. Well, you know, John, they had to file a sacrificial lamb in some way, <laughs> shape, or form, so I guess that's this individual. Yeah, well, and, and that's that's sort of, you know, if you look, and we'll get to the, maybe we'll, after the break, maybe we'll look at the, at the state house. Um, it's a bad year to be a Democrat running for office. I mean, Joe Biden's dragging you down. Laura Kelly's dragging you down. Um, so, I, but you're right, they did try to find somebody. Um Let's look at the statewide races. You've got three secretary of state, state treasurer, and attorney general. Those are all going to be, I mean, they all have primaries. I don't think the Democrats are going to win once we get to the general, but all three of those primaries are somewhat interesting. As to what you said earlier, John, it's one of those deals of, I think, Republicans are in a strong position this year. The economy sucks. Um, I think that we all know that Joe Biden is the one that's responsible for, for it based on his just horrible policies in general. And then also, you know, Laura Kelly is going to be dragging the Democrats down as well because yeah. she's going to be sucking up a lot of funding. Um, she's going to be trying to win her reelection for governor um, against Derek Schmidt. And to be honest, a lot of the lower seats, Democrats just don't care about those. They want that executive office because they want that power. Yeah. So it'll be interesting to see how much funding these other uh, statewide offices actually get. Because she's just going to be sucking up all that money. Well, and the sponge. other thing that's interesting is she's running from her base, and yet they need the the slower offices need the base in order to get elected. Laura Kelly is counting on her base, and she's trying to court Republicans. So she's actually running counterintuitively to their base. Yeah. So she's annoying them because she's doing things they don't want. Well, and here's another problem, John. Now, don't get my comments misconstrued because Laura Kelly does have a path to victory here. Yeah. And how that's going to be possible for her is uh, this last week, a state senator up in Hiawatha, I believe, um, changed his party affiliation from Republican to Independent. And he's going to try to run for governor as an independent. And the problem is, is that if if he's able to suck up five to seven percent of the votes, there's a good chance we could have Laura Kelly for another four years. And it's it's I can't believe he's doing this. It's just absolutely horrible that he's even considering this. And then I bet you in two years when he's wanting to run for state senate again, he switches back to the Republican Party. Yeah, no, you're right. It's Dennis Pyle is who we're talking about. And I've I actually talked to Dennis when the filing came out, when he announced it, we're going to 
probably. I mean, he. I don't know. I have not decided whether or not we'll have him on the show, to be honest. But I talked to him, asked him why he was doing this, and he gave me his official reasons that he, when he issued his press release, which was, you know, he's got a litany of, uh, it's a principled yada, yada, yada. But I asked him if he felt that this was just a spoiler campaign and that he was, you know, going to just take votes away from Derek Schmidt. He does not. He says he doesn't believe that. I don't see any path for Pyle to win. And the way I see it, every vote that he gets is a Schmidt vote. There's no Laura Kelly voters that are going to buy that Dennis Pyle's a true independent and are going to vote for him over over her. Correct. But hey, you know what? Laura Kelly might be just so grateful for him that she might even just give him a job in the administration after this. <laughs> wow. Okay. So don't pull any punches. I, I'm not. I mean, it's it's absolutely pathetic that he's deciding to do this. I mean, it's a it's a lot like uh Senator John Dahl out in western Kansas when he when he did something very similar with Greg Orman just four years ago, and Greg Orman, what, took 10% of the vote, and now we have Laura Kelly as our governor. Yeah, the difference there was at least Greg Orman is an independent. Yeah, I guess that's true, yeah, at least. I mean, at least De- Dennis Pyle is a Republican. Dennis Pyle's right of us. I mean, Th- that's Dennis true. Pyle makes you and I look like moderates. He's very right. It's it's true. It's just it's very unfortunate that, that he's going out and doing this and ultimately opening a small window up for Laura Kelly to win when we could completely remove her from the second floor of the Capitol building. Yeah, and in all likelihood, that's what's going to happen. I don't foresee, you know, him impact. I hope he doesn't impact it that much. And maybe he'll, you know, clear cooler heads will prevail, and maybe they'll talk him out of it. But if he stays on there and he can pull enough votes from Derek, he could make this a, a real you know, a real ball game. Well, if if he's if he or anybody in his campaign's listening at this point, I would just encourage him to to pull out because um and, and just you know let's let's all work towards getting Derek elected at this point and and you know I think that he can still be successful in the state senate. However, um I think if he goes through with this and Derek does lose, um it's just I don't see how people are going to work with him. Again, no, I honestly. think Republicans will lay it squarely at his feet. If, if especially if he pulls five to seven or eight or ten percent of the vote, that's that's all votes that are coming from Derek Schmidt. We had a, I don't know if you you weren't at Pachyderm on Friday. It was a great Pachyderm forum with uh, with the three candidates for Attorney General. Uh, that's going to be an interesting race. Again, regardless, I know there are those who think that you know one candidate or another may not be able to win the general. I think that's bogus. I don't care who we elect as our candidate. They're going to beat the Democrat in November. But it's an interesting race between those three, Tony Mativi, Kelly Warren, and Chris Kobach. I think that's an interesting race. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. Um, I think Kelly Warren just, I think she's the first to do ad buys of about $20,000 here on on TV. However, um, Chris Kobach has, I think, like $400,000 or something like that. So I, I think we're going to start seeing ad buys from him here in the near future as well. And to be honest, you know, out of out of those three, um, I think I think Chris, he knows it, and I think everybody else knows it. He has a lot of name recognition. Everybody kind Good of, and bad. Yeah, good yeah. and bad. Everybody knows who he is. And so it's going to take a lot of money and effort from those other candidates in order to boost their profiles um, to, to catch up and, and potentially beat them. And um, the same thing with the Secretary of State race um, in that we have an incumbent – in Scott Schwab, the difference is I don't know how many people know who Scott Schwab uh, Granted, no, people don't know who Mike Brown is, but I don't know how many people actually know who Scott Schwab is. 
Well, uh, Scott is is not Chris Kobach. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so, that is true. So, uh, so I, I would say that uh, Scott has uh, been, you know, putting nose to the grindstone, um, just trying to make sure that uh, you know all of the election issues uh, from 2020 um, are kind of behind us, and making sure that uh, he's he's him and his office have been working on legislation these past few years uh, to really shore up our election security because it's never a complete job, and so he's been working towards it. Um, so maybe he hasn't been out there and been flashy about it, but he, he has been uh, getting a lot done. And then in the treasurer's race, you've got a state senator versus a, a house rep. So that's an interesting race, too, because, again, not a whole lot of statewide name IDs. So those two are going to have to get out and introduce themselves to voters. Yeah, it, that one's, I think, a toss up. I, I, I have no clue who's going to. Karen Tyson, Stephen Jaws. We've had yeah. both on the show and now we'll start having more and more of these candidates on again. But I think both Tyson and Johnson need to introduce themselves to voters. Yeah, exactly, because uh, I just don't know, like you said, how much uh, name ID they actually have outside their legislative districts at this point I, in time. That's, that's going to be the problem. I think a lot of these are going to have. Blake, we'll, uh, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll talk about uh, the House races and talk a little bit about you got a new gig, new job, uh, working in election integrity with Value Them Both. We'll talk about that when we come back. All right, sounds good. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS, Wichita's Number one talk will be back right after this. KNSSradio.com, connecting bets with veterans news and salute to service, providing information and recognizing the exceptional efforts of our military veterans. Read the veterans news articles now at KNSSradio.com, brought to you by Jimmy's Family Diner. Jimmy's Family Diner is teaming up with Grace Med for the annual Hotcakes for Hope Care event on Monday, June 20th from 7 to 10 a.m. at Jimmy's Family Diner, 3111 North Rock Road. Buy tickets online at gracemed.org. Jimmy's Family Diner. Refinance and save big with auto loan rates as low as 2.99%. Credit Union of America offers same-day approval when you apply in person or at cuofamerica.com slash auto. Until July 31st, CUA is also offering $200 cash back in 90 days with no payments. Act now to skip your summer payments. Membership required. Offer an annual percentage rate based on credit, vehicle, and discounts when you select automatic payments. May 1st through July 31st, 2022. $200 rebate available when refinancing a non-CUA loan. When it comes to choosing your next pre-owned vehicle, it's all about selection, selection, selection. Rusty at Ford has that covered. And our selection includes much more than just Fords. Are you looking for a Chevy? We've got 25 of them. How about a Toyota? Choose from 20 in our inventory. In all, you can select from nearly 250 quality pre-owned vehicles. Want a Jeep? We have a dozen available. Choose from Dodges, Rams, GMCs, Kias, Nissans, and more. Rusty Eck Ford has them all. Cars, trucks, and SUVs. We should be your first, but we'll definitely be your last stop for your next pre-owned vehicle. And at Rusty Eck Ford, you can get used car financing as low as 2.9% APR or buy with zero down. Choosing your next pre-owned vehicle comes down to one thing. Selection, selection, selection. Rusty Eck Ford. If you don't come see us today, we can't save you any money. RustyEckFord.com. Offers with approved credit for tax and fees not all qualified. Limited term financing offers cannot be combined with expired months of inventory as of May 5th. This Father's Day, find the perfect gift for the dad who loves the perfect yard. From steel chainsaws and blowers to trimmers and edgers, our gas-powered equipment starts at just $149.99. Whether Dad wants a hard-working tool for a project or a yard he can show off, find the gift he'll love to use. Visit our Father's Day gift guide at steelusa.com slash gift guide. 
All prices MSRP. Available at participating dealers. Just three words tell you everything you need to know. They tell you why we employ more than 2,000 workers at our factory in Virginia Beach and why over 10,000 local steel dealers are putting battery power in the hands of Americans. Just three words. Made in America. Real steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. The majority of steel products sold in America are made in America of U.S. and foreign materials. Batteries and chargers are sourced internationally. Your phone call is welcome at 869-1330. This is the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Welcome back to the John Whitmer Show on 98.7 and 1330 KNSS. Of course, you can always listen to us by downloading the Odyssey app or telling your smart speaker to play KNSS Radio. And make sure you like and follow the John Whitmer Show Facebook and Truth Social pages. And follow me on Twitter at John R. Whitmer to get all the latest updates on the show. With us still in studio is Representative Blake Carpenter. So you're one of the, um, there. I think it was like eight, nine, something like that, reps that don't have... Uh, an opponent, so you didn't get a primary, you didn't get a general, which means I didn't file or find somebody uh, to run against you. I, I knew I, there's something I forgot to do. Um, so by virtue of that, assuming unless somebody <laughs> tries to mount a write-in campaign, you just got reelected. Um, there's down here in Sedgwick County, there are still a few interesting races, though. The uh, seat that was a Democrat seat, Elizabeth Bishop, um, that seat's one that we could uh, we we might be able to to flip. From blue to red, though, right? Yeah, so Sandy Pickert is the person who's running uh, in that seat. And as a matter of fact, uh, two years ago, she ran a write-in campaign um, against against the Democrat and uh, just just felt a little shy. However, this year she uh, she is on the ballot, and uh, that district is is winnable. Um, it's it's really it's going to be a difficult race, and I would say that that's probably one of the most difficult races that we're going to have here in Sedgwick County as far as uh, Republican versus Democrat goes because the the district breakout is about a third, a third, a third. So what I mean by that is it's a third Republican, a third Democrat, and a third unaffiliated. And so because of that makeup, it you just really don't know how this race is going to play out. And so I would imagine that there's going to be a lot of time and effort spent in that race by a lot of individuals. Um, but that used to be held by Republicans, and that's been held by Democrats. It tends to go back and forth. It goes back and forth, typically, in that district. And that, that district, for those of you uh, that aren't, aren't aware, is down in um, what would be southeast Wichita. And so that's where that's going to take place. And it has gone from Republican to Democrat, Republican to Democrat, historically. However, these past few election cycles, the Democrats have solidly held it. It's a – this you – know, and we kind of alluded to it earlier. It's going to be a, a – red cycle it's a it's a red wave i think nationally here in kansas i think that's why you didn't see a lot of dems file i mean obviously there's chaos in the kansas democratic party their party chair or executive director rather is embroiled in this scandal with the harassment and the hostile work environment accusations you got laura kelly who's underwater joe biden who's got an approval rating in the 30s so obviously it's probably was just tough for them to recruit. Do you think that's why they didn't get a lot of filings? Is I mean who wants to file and lose? Yeah, you know, I think that the, a lot of those take into effect um why we didn't see many democrat filings here in Cedric County. 
Um, we do still have about seven races that we definitely need to work towards helping those Republicans get elected down here. Um, but honestly, they were so desperate that they were sending out mass text messages to Democrat Party members. Um, they, they they were just blasting people and going, hey, have you ever thought about running for office? We have a job for you. And We have a $9 an hour job for you. Yes, yeah. exactly. And, you know, they still were unable to recruit in a lot of these districts. And so it, there is a lot of dysfunction right now in the in the Kansas Democrat Party. And I think that that's also going to carry through. This November. So what are the key House races you think? I mean, what are the ones that we folks should be looking at if they want to volunteer, they want to get involved? Where do you think we should focus? So I've already mentioned one of them, Sandy Pickert. And then also here's here's some of the other ones. Um, if you have this person in your district, uh, you know, definitely help them out with the yard sign. Maybe go door knocking. Give, you know, 20 bucks even helps. Um, and so the other people who are, are running against Democrats this year in our area are Leo Delperdang, Emil Burquist. Susan Estes, uh, Brenda Landwehr, Leah Howell, and Patrick Penn. So all of those people, if you live in their districts or you know them, uh, help them out because they definitely need it. Yeah, and those are and they're all solid conservatives except for Leo. Leo's kind of crazy. We, you know, we Leo. Oh, he's going to text me now. I bet oh, the, yeah, fo- the phone is going to ring because he listens. <laughs> he sits out on his porch and he listens. I guarantee you, he's he's texting right now or, or figuring out how he's going to get back at me. But Leo is the one. Maybe we should vote for the Le- for the Democrat there. Can- uh, no, I'm going to. Leo's a good conservative. I, I'll, I'll uh, yeah, no, Leo's a good conservative. He's great. Don't don't listen to John on that one, folks. <laughs> We love Leo. We love Leo. But no, you're right. That's a, those are all solid conservatives. Um, I don't think there's, I mean, none of those are really in jeopardy. I don't think the D's have a shot at any of those seats. The numbers are all probably, those are solid Republican districts, aren't they? Um, You know, you just, I mean, mean, you don't want to take anything for granted. granted. It, It is looking like it's going to be a red wave. However, uh, like I said, Sandy, she's in a really tough – that's going to be a tough race. Even though it's going to be a red wave, um, the Democrat, he's been telling people he's conservative and and that he you know supports Second Amendment or whatever. When sure. He, he says something on the doorstep that's completely counter to what he actually does supposedly up in, in Topeka. So that's that's kind of what I've been hearing on that one. So if you got somebody who's not telling the full truth at the doorsteps, it, it could potentially tip the scales in that in that effect. Um, also, Brenda Landwehr. I mean, that's also another fairly tough district um, that, you know, yes, there's a there's a Republican advantage, but it's it's not going to be a slam dunk either. Well, and, and they're new candidates, too, for even though she's been in there for a year, well, not even a year, a term. Leah Howell is effectively a new representative running in a new district down there to Jesse Burris's old district. Yep. Now, granted, her opponent, I mean, talk about a left wing Wackadoodle. I mean, that's her, what her, I'm hearing. Her, de- I've looked at her dem, her dem opponent's Twitter feed. This lady is all about gun control, and there's there's a abortion rights advocates. This lady is actually pro abortion. Correct. Mean, she she's makes, not pro choice. Right. She says she is pro abortion. She is pro abortion. She's she's radically cr- to the left. So that may help Leah at least. Yeah, it will. And I mean, another one that's going to be uh, pretty close or you know really hard is uh, Susan Estes as well. That's also another one that we typically tend to have to work pretty hard in as yeah. well. So you got a new gig. I want to talk to you about that real quick. I know we're up on the break coming up, but uh, you've got a new gig. You started a, like a part-time job working for the Value Them Both, working with the Value Them Both Coalition, correct? Yeah, so I'm currently uh, the director for uh, Election Integrity and Voting Rights Project for Kansans for Life. 
So what that entails is that I am out trying to help people uh, register to vote, um, also get out the vote. And, and then if anybody has any questions or concerns about election integrity or how they're able to vote and just what the measures are in order to protect their vote um, by Election Day are, is. So it's one of those deals of if anybody wants to reach out, has questions about, well, you know, the Dominion voting machines or, the, you know, there's a report that recently came out that the machines are hackable, all this type of stuff. Well, the thing is, is that I'll leave you with this real quick. Those machines, we have something that here in the state of Kansas called Voter Verified Paper Audit Trail, VVPAT. And that's in all 105 counties. So when you walk in to vote, and I'm sure you've used uh, these election machines oh, in yeah. 2020, there's a little rectangular piece of paper that you feed into the machine. You make your selections, and you hit print. And it prints it off for you. You see who you selected, and then you walk it across the room, drop it into the scanner, and that drops it into a secure lockbox. Well, people are saying, well, those machines that you voted on are you know, hackable. They're all this other stuff. Well, the thing is, is that there's no data on those machines. They're just glorified ink pens. And so, yeah, you're making your selections on those machines, but it doesn't actually hold any data on it. You're walking your physical ballot across the room and dropping it into a secure lockbox. And there's an electronic copy that's made of that so that, you know, we have electronic records of it. But then also after Election Day, when we are when the election folks are going in and counting votes, um, they go back and audit one percent of the precincts. So if there's 800 precincts in Wichita, that's eight precincts that are going to be randomly chosen. And they're going to look at those physical ballots and bump that number against the 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 uh, computer generated numbers. And in 2020, when they did that, there was no issues with with those here in Cedric County or any of the other 105 counties. So moving forward, we still have that in place. If folks have questions, obviously it's Carpenter for Kansas. But if they want to reach out to you on election integrity, what's the best way to get in touch with you? Three one six. 202-5498 is the phone number. And then the email is integrity at kfl.org. Integrity at kfl.org. Blake, best of luck again. Well, good luck with the new gig. How's that? Coming up, we're going to be joined after the break by Senator Roger Marshall. You're listening to The John Whitmer Show. We'll be back right after this. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 